Good afternoon, my beloved brothers and sisters here from the coastal borders of Colombia. May the Lord bless you. And it brings me such joy to be here with you after many years of being absent, but always carrying you in my heart. Always having you in my prayers. In my prayers is always the church from Alaska to the ends of Africa. All of the U.S., Europe, all the continents. Always. I cover the world in my prayers, thinking of all the churches, asking of the Lord for every congregation. I say to the Lord that in a specific country or any country, there may be those that are only 10 that gather. And I ask the Lord to bless those 10 that gather in that country that may be so far away. And the Lord, the Lord with his eyes of mercy, he has looked upon all the hearts that search for him. He looks upon a heart that loves him, a heart that is willing for him. This is what the Lord sees, the heart. And the Lord, when he sent Samuel to search for the king of Israel, to choose who would be the king of Israel, and the Lord said to Samuel, do not look upon the physical appearance. Do not look upon this, because what I see is the heart. Glory be to the Lord. May the Lord... For he has been looking upon our hearts. And it, it brings me joy to see brothers and sisters whom initiated here in the coast, I would say more than 20 years ago, I'm not too sure, that the church in the coast began. The brother says that in 92, the church began in Barranquilla. Either way, I saw Brother Gustavo, Sister Carmen, and I remember they were one of the ones that initiated the church. We struggled, I remember, suffered. M much that we were lacking, but we laughed and enjoyed. We rejoiced, sharing what the Lord was doing in the midst of us. The marvels, the miracles, the promises of God. We lived full of hope of the promises. That was the great thoughts that we had. But we thank the Lord that all of those dreams have become a reality. We see them today fulfilled. The brothers and sisters of the church of Cartagena, Santa Marta. It brings me joy to see you, that you have had this path in the Lord. We have seen the growth of the church, the support that the Lord has given the church, and the manifestation of God, the miracles that he has done in the life of many persons. And as well, the Lord has guarded us and has protected us from such persecution and envy, threats, 
And of all this, the Lord has kept us and has allowed us to continue. So we thank our Lord because we have a living God and a God of power. Thank you. And let us sing to our Lord a chorus to initiate with our questions this afternoon, with the questions that you may have brought, you may have prepared. Let us continue honoring our Lord with our questions and let us sing a chorus. Chorus 137. Oh, what a wonder. Oh, what a wonder. Chorus 137. Let us sing to our Lord. Glory be to the Lord. Glorious is our Lord. You may be seated. And let us now initiate with our questions. Let us commence. Sister, we are a group of believers for the churches in Corozal, Sampuez, San Onofre, and Sincelejo. We're very happy, sister, for the opportunity you have given, God gave us to be here before you. Thank God, sister, for allowing you to exist in this age. We love you. Sister, if you allow me, I would like to read Romans 7, please. Romans 7? Yes, sister. Romans 7, verse 19 through 24. Yes, May brother. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of, the, of God according to the inner word man, but I see another law in my members worrying against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Sister Mary Luisa, my question is focused to the behaviors of youth, young people this age, adolescents. As I read the Bible, I find examples such as Samuel, John the Baptist, Timothy, Titus, and as I read the book Experiences, I find in you an example for all adolescents, your life, your youth, since even without being in the church, you remained away, stayed away from the things of the world, just as these characters who dedicated their youth to the service of God. Bearing in mind the verses in Romans 7, I would like to understand from a spiritual perspective why is a young man or young woman more vulnerable during their adolescence for all those evil spirits to manifest themselves to activate their flesh and make them sin or make mistakes? You can tell that a few decades ago, a young man or woman at 10, 12 years old, they were still playing with little cars and dolls. Today, they're already thinking about having boyfriend, girlfriend, parties, or undergoing surgeries. Could we think that the spirits through technology or the information they constantly receive work together to activate their flesh and for the youth to sin at a younger age? What advice or in what way, sister, could you suggest to young people who want to follow the things of God to rebuke their flesh or be aware so they may be able to dominate their flesh. Thank well, you. brother, very difficult to prohibit the youth 
very difficult to give advice. But this depends on the household, the family, on the example from the parents. Because the youth, when they enter into a certain time of their life, the time of curiosity, the time of exploration of the world, they want to explore and know many things to know and feel many things, do many things, because they are curious what is lived, what do they do. Those are times that persons have lived since Adam and Eve. This is the youth. But the Lord as well has taught many parameters to the parents, and the Lord has taught with the commandments the orders. We, if we read the Bible from the beginning, we see that the Lord gave laws in the beginning. All the Lord laws the Lord gave, and he placed these laws for all ages, children, youth, the elderly, all had to comply with the laws, all had to be obedient. And as well, he taught the parents to know how to educate their children, to give them good example. And if the parents do not obey, nor put into practice, nor have on high the teachings of the things of the Lord, the laws, the recommendations of God, then they cannot expect for their children to do good things or expect for, to have children that are brilliant or good in the house. That is difficult. We, we have the opportunity or we have this possibility of knowing the Lord. The Lord has gathered us and has brought us and we are here reading the scriptures and we are knowing the path of God, knowing the Lord as well, knowing how he is and as well God continues to teach us. He today continues to teach us aside from what we learn from what is written in the Bible. Because in the writings of the Bible, we have in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and 12, it speaks of the youth, giving advice to the youth. But this advice, without good example and without a good education and without anyone directing them, which is righteous from their parents, then it is of no value, this advice. But, as I say, we are learning of the path of God. He is teaching us to all he teaches. He teaches us as adults, as youth, as children, as the elderly, children, parents, as husbands, wives. He teaches us all a good way of living, to have a good way of acting, our good manners, so that the parents who arrive to the church with children that are adolescents it is too late to say to begin on how to educate them because you yourself did not give good example. So do not be too strict. You have to wait for the mercy of God. They are already adolescent. They misbehave. So what you do is place this before the presence of the Lord. Say, Lord, I place my children before you. Guard them, keep them, teach them, correct them. Help me as well, Lord. Other parents arrive to the church with children. They're small. There's still time to educate them. It is still 
a possibility to give a good example and to change so that when they reach their adolescence, they are good in their youth, well-behaved, fearful of God. They look for God in the place all before the presence of God because there is no teachings that are good enough. There is no teaching because the youth hears, knows the teaching, but if the Lord is not there, acting, working, doing a miracle in the life of this person, removing their behavior or that wanting or desire to do displeasing things, wanting that appetite to be there, if the Lord is not doing this, the advice may be beautiful, but it does not help much. God is the only one that does a miracle. So do not worry. You should not worry so much for the adolescents or for the youth. Simply you worry for pleasing God and let the Lord hear your prayers and may the Lord see you. And when you pray, he is ready there to help your family. This is what we need. Because if we, if we were a church that all were born in the church and now they have their children of the church, that would be different. Because you know that the children were educated since they were born in the church and they were brought up since they were little and they act well in their youth and they do not misbehave because they fear God and they're going to love God. But since parents arrive, people arrive new every day and they arrive at every age in any age in any time frame of their life, it's difficult. We cannot require, we need to be patient and help each other. We need to help. One another, those that suffer these problems in prayer for the Lord to bless the children, the youth, and the parents that arrived to church, that married in the church, and that have children that were born in the church. I have seen these are children that are examples, role models. They behave correctly. They are organized. They fear God. They love the Lord. Serving God, that is beautiful as well. But the rest, simply pray to the Lord. Pray, because the teachings, they follow those that want to take them. But not all are going to pay attention or do the teachings. If the Lord is not there, helping, they need it. Because the hand of God is the most important ingredient that we need. For everything, we need the Lord. Without the Lord, we can do nothing. Nothing can be done. It is this. Let us continue. Let us continue. Another question. Sister Maria Luisa, how great is the mercy of God being here before your presence? Being before you is like being before God, the Almighty God, the Sublime God. Sister Maria Luisa, I have the following question. I'm going to read the following verses. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Then we go to the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 9, verse 4. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, 
Why do you think evil in your hearts? Sister Maria Luisa, it says that bad thoughts come from our hearts or good thoughts as well. Can I have a bad or good thought and not bring it to my heart? Or are there good and bad feelings in our heart? Is that what it refers to when they say to clean our hearts? To feelings and not thoughts necessarily? Because we see that sometimes we have good and bad thoughts or feelings, but we also think them too. So is it referring to that when it says to cleanse our heart to feelings and not necessarily thoughts? Well, here, if we say that it is the thoughts, we say that our thoughts are in the brain. We say that we think. But generally, those thoughts, generally, we take them to the heart. They gather in harbor, in the heart. In the heart, it becomes a feeling. In a feeling. What do I feel? Oh, I feel greed. Or I feel grudge. Or I want revenge. I feel that I want to hurt such and such. This is what you may say. Oh, I feel this. I feel such rage. I feel that I'm angry. I feel upset. To this, there the Lord is speaking and mentioning thoughts, saying that the thoughts from the heart flows the evil, all adultery, fornication, stealing, lust, and greed and revenge all comes from the heart. The sister asks that if, for example, if you can think of something and not carry it to the heart, yes, of course. Simply things that fly into our mind and they leave. And when these small thoughts come in, we just cast them out. We remove them. We say, oh, Lord, rebuke and do not allow for me to have these thoughts. What am I thinking? This is what we say. And when all this is in the heart, because things, when they arrive to the heart, it becomes a feeling and it is a sense of doing something evil or wrong or a feeling of doing something good. This is where we need to be careful. And when the Lord says to the person, cleanse your heart, it is speaking precisely of this, that in the heart, let there not be pride. Let there not be greed. Let there not be Envy, grudges, rage, anger, vengeance. Let there not be any of these things in the heart that you remove that from the heart. All of that envy that you not be overly ambitious because we can see many things we see and observe and think, but there are things that simply pass. You analyze, is it worthy to do this? Is it good to think this? But what is now in the heart is more delicate, the situation, because there then it becomes an action in the works of a person. It becomes something that you do, your evil actions or your good actions from a person. All that this person may have in their heart, this is what is good or bad from that person. And the Lord says, cleanse your heart. 
take from out all of these things. Remove the pride, the greed, all of that. Take it out for the Lord to see only good works within you. And here when the sister read a few verses that the Lord Jesus, knowing the thoughts of what they were thinking, he was knowing their thoughts that they were just harboring because they were looking at the Lord and they were saying, what is this? Who is this that's speaking? He's a liar. How can he say that he is a son of God, that the Lord is with him? Those were thoughts that they, that the Lord Jesus was detecting in the enemies when he was preaching the gospel. And the Bible as well states that the thoughts of the heart, which are the most dangerous, if the heart has feelings or thoughts that are pure, good things, that's wonderful. But if there is evil in that person, dangerous these feelings or these actions or words. We need to ask the Lord to help us to remove this for the Lord to remove and help us change. We recognize what we are and feel and we know how we are, our faults, and we tell the Lord, remove this fault. This is what happens or occurs and I don't want to be this way. I want to please you and I want to live a correct life before you. So that is our struggle, and that is our prayer. This is our petition that we need to have with the Lord in our prayers. Let us continue. Another question? Good afternoon, Sister Maria Luisa. Our hearts have been wanting greatly that spiritual blessing that God has brought us today with your presence. Sister Maria Luisa, I have a question if you will allow me. Yes, Sister. On the church's website... From September 2018 in the United States, a sister testified that God gave her a dream about the importance of reading the Bible. She wrote a part of the dream and it says, So, there's a city of torment and there are people where God has not decided what to do with them, if they're going to heaven or to hell. But those people will never be happy. They're always going to be there with sadness, bitterness, and loneliness even if you see them accompanied. Through doctrine, we have learned that there is a heaven and a hell, and that we live in the church in a first level of heaven. Also, the Apostle Paul speaks about a third heaven. Sister Mary Luisa, if you will help us to understand that part of the dream, where there are people that God has not decided what to do with them, what place is that city of torment? Well, I think the Lord allows all of this to give us more opportunities. Not that truly that exists or that truly the Lord has not made a decision. The Lord knows all and he understands all. But if this person had this dream, it's because they have a question. There's the mystery. Everything is inconclusive. That they did not get the answer because it may not be convenient. It's just as many things that the Lord may reveal that he gives us, but it does not give the final conclusion. It does not give the complete revelation because he allows us to think. He allows us to conclude as human beings. So if the Lord gave everything so perfectly, he does not because he guards many mysteries and many things. So he allows us to stay like that 
But not that the Lord doesn't know. He knows all. Simply that he did not want for the person to know the end or the complete dream or the complete understanding. He did not give everything. Left it like that, pending to say, continue forward. Look for God. Look for the Lord. And do not stay there halfway in the path. Let us sing a chorus to the Lord. Let us sing a chorus and then we'll give another opportunity for a few more questions. Let us sing to the Lord. Thanks be to our Lord. You may be seated, brothers and sisters. Let us continue with a few more questions. Good afternoon, Sister Mary Luisa. The King of Heaven, the only wise God, may the glory and honor be to him because the Lord of hosts is with us. And we see in you, beloved Sister Mary Luisa, the glory of God. Blessed is the Lord. Sister Mary Luisa, my question has to do with what I have analyzed as it pertains to you, Sister Mary Luisa, and the people, the characters of the Bible, who from their youth dedicated their love, their hearts to seek God and to seek Him, and they overcame by dominating their flesh. Could we think that this was done because of the call God had for them? I'm saying a calling because God gave them that sort of intelligence to love the things of God and to turn away from the world. In the Gospels, the Lord Jesus used to say, Many are called, but few are chosen. Could I understand that being called is different than having a call from God? Could I understand that a calling or being chosen is as it pertains to salvation and a calling as it pertains to a work God wants to give a person for something good or bad or the plan of God with someone? And I say bad just as when God said in the Bible, Nebuchadnezzar, my servant, that calling for him was to be an instrument to punish Israel. Thank you, Sister Mary Luisa. Very well, brother. Your analysis. The Lord says in the Bible, says, many are called, but few are chosen. But the brother says, the called are the same chosen. That if the called and the chosen are those whom the Lord assigns a task, a spiritual work, for example, the spiritual gifts, or to be a teacher, or a prophet, or apostle. In this verse, that many are called and few are chosen, there he is not saying that they're going to have gifts, or will not have gifts, but that many the Lord will call, and he does a calling, and gives an offer. This is what the Lord does. To all person, the Lord gives a calling and makes a promise. And the Lord says, if you follow me, I will give you this and that. I will do this or that. This is the promise. Those are the promises that you receive from God. So it has nothing to do in being called or chosen. It has nothing to do with the spiritual gifts that God may give. Simply that a person who has been called by God know to how to value this action on behalf of the Lord 
that he calls him, that he offers him blessings, that he offers him a better life. And he tells him, continue in this path. This is what you have to do. Now that the Lord may give the person or that the person stays and continues, the Lord gives spiritual gifts that you will see as time passes in the spiritual path. But among many, the Lord does his callings and that later it becomes into those who continue till the end. They became those then that were chosen. But the Lord will never tell us whom is the chosen and whom is not. Whom is the child of God and who is not? Because then the Lord would be discriminating. He to all he gives the invitation. The Lord gives the invitation to all of love. But the Lord tells us that some will be smarter or wiser than others. And those that are wiser will understand and comprehend and will discover many secrets and many mysteries in the word of God. And this will make that person be steadfast until the end of his days and can gain eternal life. This is a person that is wise, astute in their life because he gained eternal life because he knew how to discover the thoughts, the word of God, the plan of the Lord. Discovered it by reading the Bible, learning the doctrine, praying to the Lord, obeying the Lord, cleansing their heart, and in this manner discovered the secrets of the heart and arrived to their goal. This is what we are doing and we want to reach this. Reach until the end of our life in the path of our Lord. But meanwhile, while we reach this end, we need to prepare ourselves and cleanse our heart. Always we need to struggle to take all of the evil out of our heart. So let us not worry that we were all called or we are all called. But let us not think, am I chosen? Let us not think of this. Simply let us think that each one struggles for their spiritual life. The Apostle Paul says that in the path of the Lord, it is like those that are running in a marathon, that all are running in the marathon. There are hundreds of persons running and they all are running. And if one thinks, well, why am I running if only one can win? So I stand there. I'm not going to run. Why would I win? If they all thought like that, then no one would run the marathon. All run knowing that one reaches, one is that wins, but they all run. So we have to as well do the same. We are not going to say, oh, why am I going to run? I'm not going to maybe reach the finish line. Maybe I won't finish. Someone may finish before me. No, let us not think in this way. Simply let us struggle for our path and continue forward. Let us continue without losing hope. And they're continuing doing the will of God to win our reward that he has for us. Let us continue another question. Good afternoon, Sister Mary Luisa. Glory to God. Glory to the King of Glory for giving us the opportunity to have you here with us today. Beforehand, I apologize for the question I am about to ask. You have already taught this to us, but I did not understand Please, sister, explain to me once again the, the following verses. In Hebrews 8, 11, it reads, None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, 
know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. And Ephesians 4.11 states, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Please, sister, how does this happen? How are we taught by God? Who are all? Are we the church? And if we are all taught by God, what's the purpose of the teachers, the evangelists, the pastors? And also, sister, could you clear up so I, that I can understand whether the doctrine and the gospel are the same thing? Thank you, sister. If the gospel and the doctrine is the same, very well. Here in Hebrews 8, where the brother reads, Hebrews 8, verse 11. It reads, a word spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, I believe, prophet Jeremiah, who prophesied, that reads, for the future, the Lord would say to those the following, none of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, it's re repetitive, his brother and his neighbor is the same. It is the neighbor is he that's closest to you. None of them shall teach, meaning none will say, saying, Know the Lord. Here he is saying, Know the Lord, and not know the doctrine of God, which is different. It says, For all shall know me. Yes, all now know the Lord, but not all will know what is the doctrine. From the least of them to the greatest of them, yes, because the children, if you ask a child three and four or five years old, you ask them, where is the true church? What is the true God? What does he answer? The first thing he says, my church, the church of ministry of Christ International is my true God because the children as well receive prophecy and the Lord makes promises and they say, the Lord made me a promise because the child has received prophecy and the Lord has made promises. To this, can we call that doctrine? But we do call that what? That the child, the boy or girl knows that the Lord exists. Knows that God speaks. Knows that God promises. Knows that God is power. And that the Lord makes promises and that he manifests where his parents take him. This is what the child knows. Because here it says, from the least to the greatest of them will know of the Lord. Will know of God. When a person comes to the first, for the first time to church and they arrive and hear prophecy for the first time, the Lord speaks to the person what is deep within the heart. The secrets of the heart are revealed. And this person says, the Lord is here, or God is with this person who prayed for me. The Lord is here. There the person is what? Beginning to know God. The Lord begins to know the Lord. 
So they say, oh, wow, I knew a Lord that was in a painting. I knew a Lord that was in a statue, an image. This is how I know the Lord, but I did not know of a Lord that speaks to me things that are deep within my heart or secrets through another person. This I did not know of from the Lord. So you begin to know God. But this of know the Lord, to know the doctrine, is very different. Because the doctrine of the Lord has to be taught by God as well to people. Remember that the Apostle Paul teaches us in Acts, the Apostle Paul tells us in Acts that he was about two years, I believe, in the desert. And he was there and the Lord revealed to him the doctrine. So there is not any contradiction in Ephesians 4.11 when it says of the Lord Jesus Christ, he placed apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the edification of the teaching. There is no contradiction with what it says here that all will be taught by the Lord because in the Old Testament, in the law of Moses, the people did not know God. Simply they knew the, the Lord was the prophets or a person like Samson, like Samson, like Gideon, those that knew of the Lord. Only the prophets as well. None of the people knew the Lord. They knew the law of Moses, but they did not know the Lord. This is why when some of them heard the revelations of God or they saw the Lord, they were frightful. They were anguished and scared. And they said, but who is this? Who am I speaking with? And the Lord had to identify himself with this person because they doubted who it was, whom was there. Because during that time frame, remember, the Lord did not manifest with human beings. Simply, he had given the law of Moses in writings. And this is why the Lord said in the future, the Lord said, through prophets in the future, all shall know of me from the least to the greatest will know of me. Because I am going to speak to all in prophecy, in visions, in dreams. With the spiritual gifts, I shall speak. So it has been fulfilled, the word of the Lord. But this we cannot call doctrine because the doctrine is something more profound that he gives to the persons to learn to teach other persons. Because if a person just stays with knowing the Lord and nothing more, they have to continue studying, knowing more profound, growing spiritually, looking more deeply in their spiritual life and preparing themselves more and more until they reach the plenitude of knowledge of the Lord. And they reach that plenitude of having a communion with God. After they knew the Lord, they can have a plenitude and know the Lord of speaking face to face with God as the prophets in the Old Testament that spoke face to face with the Lord. So we today as well can reach these things. But this depends on our spiritual life. Depends here of what is in our heart. Let us continue. Sister Mary Luisa, we would like for God to pay heed to our voices as he did with Joshua and Gibeon to say in this rainy afternoon, Son, stand still over Barranquilla so that this spiritual feast 
may last longer than expected. Yes, we would love to stay longer, but we can't. Yes, we know of your responsibilities with all other brothers and sisters that are waiting for you in other parts of the world. Sister, the problem of poverty worldwide is evident. And in our country, there are areas or parts where this problem is more noticeable. For example, the Colombian Caribbean coast. And as a consequence of poverty, many times, there is a problem of homelessness. And as a consequence of homelessness, many times, it gives way to a problem of drug addiction or prostitution. In that sad path, we see not only adults, but also children at a very young age begging for money in, at stoplights at the doors of restaurants or parks everywhere and in the face of that scenario some are touched others are indifferent others feel impotent sister is poverty a curse does poverty exist for because of laziness for being laziness to those spirits of irresponsibility and dishonesty come? To what extent do we help a homeless person knowing that this person will use it to do drug? Do we become enablers of laziness for giving to the poor? Thank you very much. Well, the brother says, if poverty, is it laziness? Is it demons? I think demons, curses, Witchcraft, laziness as well. Let us say between the curses, among the witchcraft, among the curses that have been given through generations by families, is the spirit of laziness. Surely in these curses, they invoke the spirit of laziness to enter into many persons. And when the spirit of laziness enters, it causes ruin because a person who does not work, they don't do things correctly. They don't have any wanting to do anything. What happens is they're ruined. But all is because we are confronting an enemy. All because we are struggling, not against human beings, but against the spiritual realm. And this is spirits of misery, of abandonment, of addictions, vices, everything. All of these spirits are there working in these persons. When the person knows of God, when the person knows of the Lord, because you see that it's different to know God and to know the doctrine of the Lord, which is different. But when a person knows of the Lord, they will begin to improve their life. Their path begins to become better. Their situation, their way of thinking changes within them. The Lord does a transformation in the person, makes them a man or a woman that is living correctly, more responsible, organized, that they be a person that thinks 
in living better and making those that are around them or who they're responsible for live better. And the person begins to think in a manner that is different. Different to wanting to work or wanting to study, to prepare themselves, progress, because they begin a new life. Because this person is now transforming them, changing them. This is why we, we that have the solution and the tools in our hands for the people to live correctly, we need to speak to the people about God. We need to speak to the people that God exists and that the Lord changes man and gives them a better life. That the Lord gives solutions to the problems and the Lord changes their mentality, their way of thinking to live a new life, a different life. This is why this is our work. This is our task, our work of evangelization. And to evangelize is this, is to say God speaks, God lives. Why don't you go to the church for God to speak to you, for God to give you a solution, to heal you, to remove those curses and those spells, to remove that misery that you live in, to remove that ruin that you're living in. Or those vices. Go to church. I invite you. I invite you to church. This is what we need to do. This is our work. And the Lord to each one of us. He has given us the power and the ability and the support. To pray for these persons. So the Lord works and acts. And he does the miracle in the person. And the Lord is going to support your word. The word that you use is to evangelize, to speak to someone, then the Lord is going to support this. So simple it is to evangelize. So simple it is to speak to a person of God, to say that the Lord exists and that there in the church where we go, God does miracles, that the Lord can do a miracle. This is easy and is that simple, the way we can evangelize. This is what we need to do. Because either way, with the question of the brother, there is the devil working in the people. And simply the Lord, the only one who can do this miracle of delivering and removing these curses and this witchcraft and this laziness and removing all this that the devil places on the person and that causes or produces them to live in ruin. Very well. Let us continue. Another question. Sister Mary Luisa, good afternoon. Your traveling companion... Your friend, our God, sister, has blessed us very much thanks to your dedication and love for God. Sister, may God bless you greatly. My question, sister, is in the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 17, in verse number 9. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Yes, yes. sister. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Sister Mary Luisa, inasmuch as we learn about the gospel, we go into a state of overconfidence, sort of believing we, that we know ourselves. But when certain situations happen that are difficult or when the Lord gives us a blessing, our behavior sometimes is not the best and that's when we realize that we really do not know ourselves. Sister, how can we know or understand 
in depth the teaching of this prophet when in verse 9 he said, The heart is deceitful. Thank you very much, sister, for your answer. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The Lord says, through Jeremiah the prophet, The heart is deceitful. Man's heart, of course. Above all things, and des desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know the heart? No one. No man. Of man, no one can. But there is someone that does. In verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind. When it says, search the heart, or test the mind, is the same. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings, of his actions. Good actions or bad actions, that the Lord is the one who searches and knows and tests the heart. The rest, what we see is simply the appearance, the, what is superficial. This is what we see of a person, the outside. Some are true what we see. Others is fake or false. Others is maybe true. Sometimes we are tricked. Sometimes we are deceived. We say, oh, this person had me confused. I thought he was one way. I thought he was this or I thought she was that. I thought she was sincere or my friend. And look, look at how they became. Simply appearance. This is what we simply can observe. But the heart, what is deep, only the Lord knows these things. And sometimes, sometimes we ourselves, we know what is within our heart. Sometimes, and hopefully, this occurred to all of us that we discover what is in our heart. To be able to what? To change. Because there is something bad, we need to change. We need to remove it and say to the Lord to help us. To help us to change. So this is what it says in Jeremiah. And we thank the Lord because as the Lord knows the heart, he then is going to help us. He then shall help us in what we do is love. Love one another, respect one another, value. That within our heart may flow the love and affection for all. Sincerity. This is the good example that we can give and that the person can receive from us. Because even though we may see what's on the outside, we're not going to as well be tricked or we're not going to judge. Simply, we're going to be patient and tolerant with one another. That if one has something that bothers me, I would teach and correct with love and being well-mannered. Because simply, we are all here to learn from one another. But the Lord is whom transforms our heart educates us very well another final question sister maria luisa the church of god in the atlantic is filled with joy and happiness because the queen with the doctrine of the lord has arrived that nurtures and delivers our hearts blessed be our god <laughs> sister maria luisa in the second part of the Bible study that took place in London on August 11, 2018, 
they asked you a question about sincerity and they gave you two cases. The first case is about a person that having been in the church for many years sins and is sincere and repents before God and the second case is a person that is sincere that overcomes their flesh does not fall in temptation and does not sin in order not to have to justify themselves before God God has taught us through your lips a very deep significance of sincerity sister you express that you know many people that do not sin but they are not sincere with God if you can please teach us more about this and if you can give us some examples thank you sister well sisters to say that you know persons that say they don't sin no because the heart is only known by God when you say, I see a person and I know her, I don't see that she commits sin, they're invisible sins. The invisible sins, which is maybe drinking, homicide, adultery, fornication, what else can it be? Maybe gossip, all those visible sins, you may see this. So you say, oh, this person... You don't see these things. You don't see bad words or you don't see that they do that. But the heart, in the heart, who can see? Only the Lord. He is the one that knows whether he, this person is sincere. Because this person may have these hidden sins, which is pride, vanity, greed, covetousness, grudges hate, all these things that are hidden, and no one sees them, no one discovers them, the person is the only one that feels them, this is what I refer to, when you don't see this, you don't see visible sins all the time, but within them, the person perhaps is failing before the Lord, they're not completely sincere with God, that they have these sins hidden, this is what I refer to because this is what we may notice in our daily life. We see people, we see qualities, but there are persons that say, oh, how come the Lord doesn't bless this brother or that sister? They look so good. They look so holy. You see them every day in the church. You see them. Why doesn't the Lord bless them? The Lord knows why, because the Lord knows the heart. So surely, maybe they're lacking something. If they're lacking to change, this we call that there is not complete sincerity because they're still lacking. It is this. Yes, brother. Good afternoon, beloved brothers and sisters, beloved Sister Mary Luisa, woman with a tender heart, a romantic soul, filled with wisdom, woman of faith, beloved daughter of God who walks the path shining, giving light to those who love you. You are a masterpiece that only God is able to create. May the glory and the honor be for our Lord. <clears throat> Sister Maria Luisa, God bless you. If you will allow me, I have a question to ask you. 
Thank you very much. In the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, it says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Adam and Eve disobeyed. And in the gospel according to Luke chapter 18, verse 15 to 17, it says, Then they also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Verse 16, But Jesus called them to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Sister Mary Louisa, is innocence a pure state of the heart? In these verses of the gospel according to Luke, we see the importance of innocence in our lives. Adam and Eve lived during that era. Nevertheless, they allowed themselves to be deceived by the devil. How do we achieve that state of perfection and at the same time not allow ourselves to be deceived by the devil who uses the most minimal opportunity to stain our spiritual garments? Thank you very much, Sister Marilisa. Very well, Sister. How do we do to not allow the devil to win? Be dressed in the armor of God. And it says in Luke when the, where the sister read, the children... It's not that we be innocent, no. Because if we are going to be innocent, meaning the devil will trick us with anything. What the devil, what the Lord meant to say is that we need to have a heart like a child. The heart of a child is how? A child is not full of grudges, is not vindictive. We can observe that if there are children there playing and they may fight, and there they are fighting, for example. And two minutes pass, and there they are, friends again. They forgot, because there's no grudge or revenge. There's no hate. There's no greed. This is what the Lord says, that we need to have a heart as a child in that aspect. That the children are not revengeful or vindictive or full of pride or full of vanity. The child likes one thing and the other. If you give the child a trophy that is, and you give the other a, trof a trophy that's plastic, they're both going to be happy with their trophies if one is more valuable and the other's plastic. Neither one is going to say, oh, yours is more expensive than mine. They're both what they're going to see as a trophy. They both see theirs beautiful and they're not going to see a distinction because there's no ambition between them. There's no greed between them. And this is why the Lord says that we need to have the heart of a child. We need to be innocent in this aspect. Not innocent, but mature in our way of thinking and acting with maturity. But our heart like of a child goodbye grudges, goodbye greed, goodbye ambition in an exaggerated manner. And how do we do, what do we do to give the Lord this measure of being with the heart of a child? What do we need to do? Be redressed with the armor 
of God. To resist the persecution of the devil. To resist the evil days. When the evil days come. The evil day can be an accident or a family member whom we love. It could be the death of this loved one. The evil day could be uh, someone may be kidnapped, for example, or hurt. Or an accident, an illness, a serious illness, an incurable disease. An evil day could be the day that you did not have enough money for rent. You didn't have enough money for groceries. There you are living in a miserable state because you're full of debts. You're about to be taken to prison. That you—that is the evil day. When the evil day arrives to our lives, we not fall or fail or lose hope or turn back because of this tribulation or because of this difficult moments, but that we continue forward. Why? Because we are dressed with the armor of God. This is what the Lord wants. And this is what the Lord has taught us. Here through the apostles, through the doctrine, and that today the Holy Spirit continues to teach us the doctrine. That we be prepared and dressed for the evil day. And when you have an evil day, say I'm having an evil day, but I'm not going to feel weak. The Lord is with me and will help me. I will continue forward. I will continue forward. Glory to the Lord. Let us now rise. Let us rise. And let us pray to our Lord. Let us give thanks to our Lord for these moments. And thank our Lord and pray and ask of him for the illnesses, incurable diseases, for illnesses of the mind, of the brain, bones, skin, the blood, Every type of illness that you may believe or what you may be suffering in the moment of prayer, speak to the Lord and tell the Lord what you feel, what you're suffering so that the Lord may have mercy and do a miracle in your life. And as well, we're going to be asking the Lord for our petitions, for our needs, that surely there are many needs and many petitions for the desires of the heart as well we're going to be asking the lord and in this manner we're going to conclude the bible study today but before we're going to thank our lord and as well thanking all the brothers and sisters who cooperated in making this event so wonderful because you need a lot of logistics. We thank you. And here we simply arrive to enjoy and that we didn't see all the hard work. Those that have worked all week long and have placed their strong arm to organize everything. And we thank the Lord and we thank brothers and sisters. The church has grown, brother. The church has grown here in the coast. I aspire, and let us say, uh, the desire in my heart, how can we say it? I am better yet thinking that perhaps 
waiting for the Lord to do many miracles, many miracles in all of those persons, in all of those in these regions that the Lord may bless, that the Lord deliver, and that the Lord change the mentality of many people that the people learn to value the existence of God. So let us pray to the Lord and ask the Lord that here we are in his presence and that he may help us, that he help us to please him and to change and to do the will of the Lord. This is what he wants. So let us pray to our Lord, blessed Lord, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word, for your promises. Thank you, Lord, for more than 20 years that here in the coast initiated your work And that all the brothers and sisters that participated in this, they did so with joy and love. They had the disposition in their heart and all lived in love with you, with your word, your promises, with your prophecy of all that you spoke, O oh Lord. Always we have lived in love with you. Always living, Lord, depending with your promises. We are nourished with your promises, with your word. Every time that we have problems or difficulties, every time that we're sad, it is enough to present ourselves before you and you comfort us. And you comfort us and you make us marvelous promises. Sometimes we forget the promises. Sometimes we forget what you may have promised but we have in our heart the comfort, the joy, and the jubilance of having heard you, of having heard that you are aware of us, that you are observing us and hearing us, that you are there attentive of all the hearts. And today, O oh Lord, there are many hearts that are before your presence. Even though some brothers and sisters may not have been able to come, but you, O oh Lord, are going to bless all of them. To all, you're going to give a blessing. And not only one, but many. Because that has been your promises, that in every Bible study you would manifest and that you would give blessing to those that attend and as well to those who could not arrive. And this we know, O oh Lord, and I know that all that you promise you fulfill, I give you thanks for this, Lord. Thank you for your promise. Thank you for your word. Eternal Lord, we are here in a world of many struggles and many traps of the devil. And we make the effort to do your will. And we struggle. Help us, O oh Lord, in this fight. Help us, O oh Lord, to win the battle always. I ask you for all the brothers and sisters, all the preachers 
here on the coast and as well for all of the preachers around the world, all those that are in charge of a congregation, that you bless them, that you give them joy and happiness in their hearts, that your Holy Spirit be with them, that it be you attending them, speaking through them, so that they may work with a sincere heart given to you, so that they, O oh Lord, will forget the material things in life and give themselves to you working and serving with you with love, with fervor, dedication. Holy Lord, extend your hand of power and bless all. As well, Lord, and I ask today that you extend your healing hand, your healing hand upon those persons that may be ill. Look at all of those that are in a wheelchair, all of those persons that are sick, in their mind, they cannot reason or coordinate their ideas. They can't speak or move because of the illness. Those that are still suffering and making others suffer that are around them, that have to take care of them. Have mercy, O oh Lord. Have mercy, O oh Lord, and cut all curse. Remove all witchcraft or sorceries. And every curse from the enemy, destroy this work of the enemy. And deliver and heal each person, O oh Lord. Deliver and heal, Lord. As well, I ask that you remove chains. Remove chains. Break the bondage. Deliver and remove the work of the enemy and destroy. Extend your hand and do miracles and marvels. Give joy and happiness, O oh Lord, to all those that are saddened. Remove all illness in their bodies, all pains. Let it be you healing, O oh Lord, each one. Deliver each one. Remove all doubt. Remove all fear. Remove the lack of belief. And help, O oh Lord, that each one may receive your blessing. That each one be free. That each one be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That each one be free and all the curses and spells be removed. Every witchcraft be removed in the name of Jesus Christ. Let there be healing in their bodies. Let there be deliverance. Let there be blessing. Break chains, O oh Lord, and remove the shackles and every trap from the enemy. Destroy the work of the devil, O oh Lord. Give joy, give peace, give deliverance and the blessings. Thank you, my Lord. And as well, Holy Father, before your presence are their petitions, the petitions, and as well, the wants of their heart. Grant every need, O oh Lord. Fulfill the petitions of those persons and the wants in their heart. That each one enjoy a part of you, a part of your Holy Spirit, that you descend as well with the power of your Holy Spirit. Descend, my Lord, and cleanse and baptize and deliver each one and baptize with the power of your Holy Spirit, my Lord. Baptize and deliver and send your power Send your power spiritual. Send the spiritual gifts. Send the fire from the heavens, O Lord. Send the fire from on high, O Lord. Break chains and shackles. Remove the bondage. Do miracles. Deliver, O Lord. Do miracles and signs. 
Remove the doubt, the lack of belief. Remove every torment and trap from the enemy. Break the chains. Thank you, O Lord. Blessed is your name forevermore. Gracious, O Lord. Blessed are you, O Lord. King of kings, we worship you, Lord. We praise you, O Lord. We honor you, O Lord. Thank you, my Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Take all the brothers and sisters with blessings to their homes. Take them to their different destinations. Guard them, protect them from evil. Guard them and protect them from every danger, from every trap. And let it be you taking them to their different homes with blessing. Your blessing goes with them. The peace and prosperity goes with them. The blessings, because you shall give many blessings to each one. Great victories the Lord shall give. Great victories the Lord shall give to his people. Great victories materially and spiritually shall soon be received and much healing as well. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, O oh Lord. We thank you in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son. Amen. Glory to the Lord. Chorus 12. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. The strength of my life. The joy of the Lord is the strength of my life. The joy of the Lord is the strength of my life. And he gives me overwhelming and pure joy. If you are filled with rapture, let your songs abound. If you are filled with rapture, dance and praise the Lord. If you are filled with rapture, let your voice be known. God will give you overwhelming and pure joy. The joy of the Lord is the strength of my life. The joy of the Lord is the strength of my life. The joy of the Lord is the strength of my life. And he gives me overwhelming and pure joy. If you are filled with rapture, let your songs abound. If you are filled with rapture, dance and praise the Lord. If you are filled with rapture, let your voice be known. God will give you overwhelming and pure joy. Glory be to the Lord. We give thanks to our Lord. Let us sing to the Lord as well this chorus. I come to say, with prayer I come. Prayer I come, with prayer I come, here before your sight. To tell you, O Lord, to tell you, O Lord, you're my soul's delight. With prayer I come, with prayer I come to pour out my heart. I love you, my Lord. I need you, my Lord. Oh, never depart. I burst into songs. I burst into songs. Your praises I sing. I burst into tears. I burst into tears of joy for my King. With prayer I come, with prayer I come to pour out my heart. 
part with prayer I come with prayer I come here before your sight to tell you O Lord to tell you O Lord you're my soul's delight with prayer I come with prayer I come to pour out my heart I love you my Lord I need you my Lord oh never depart I burst into songs I burst into songs your praises I sing I burst into tears I burst into tears of joy for my King with prayer I come with prayer I come to pour out my heart I love you Glory be to our Lord. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Thank you. Thank you all. And as well, thank all the brothers and sisters that are going to be watching the video in the different locations, the different countries where there is the Church of God. And a special greeting to all of you. May God bless you. And the blessing of the Lord has been for you all and to all in the video. Thank you. Thank you. And may God bless you. Thank you.